0: DeSantis did something good. Some delicate flowers out there. Biden sees dead people. Do you see a soft landing? Does it feel like a soft landing? The bond market's imploding overseas. As we told you last week, I suspected something bigger was about to break. The UK pension system was under attack. It almost imploded. Dems oppose a bill banning stock trading, the same bill they proposed. (laughs) Edward Snowden is a Russian citizen. Our hearts go out to everybody in Florida being affected by Hurricane Ian. Man, Nick, it's a lot to get to. This is episode 188 of Bizarro World, our therapy session known as Bizarro World. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. Nick, it's uh, interesting times. How are you,
1: sir? It's um, interesting times for sure. It's been a, a crazy week. Uh, volatility is spiking up, as we told you it was going to do. The market's moving uh, all over the place. A soft landing, it is not. Uh, the media is still pondering if a recession is here. It is. Um, I only laugh because it's tragic. This will be my last podcast from this office. We'll have a new uh, Spokane headquarters for Digest Publishing in the coming weeks. And we hosted a quarterly update call for for members of Foundational Profits that was well attended with some good questions asked. So um, maybe some of those themes will come up in this podcast. We'll see. How's it going, Gerardo?
0: It goes well. It's definitely interesting times. Let's get right into it. Last week we talked about um, just me sensing. You you said things were already breaking. You know, and, and my response to you last week was that you know. I, it feels like something bigger, like a bond market or or, or something along those lines, was going to start showing you know signs of, of of a cracking foundation. And sure enough, we now realize that you know last week uh, the Bank of England literally had to step in to avoid the pension system over there from imploding. Um, and 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 so I think you know the bond market is one of these. It's one of these instruments that. Most people don't understand, and I don't claim to be an expert in it. I just know how consequential it is when that market starts running away the way that it has, and and, and when central bankers lose control of it, um, that is that is the one market, you know, that that, that can really cause um, economies to completely implode. Uh, forget an government, corrupt government. We could talk Venezuela, we can talk, you know, country communist countries like that that, that do it to themselves, but you know, we're talking about the Bank of England coming in and having to step in to stabilize the price of UK government bonds. And and for those of you not familiar, the way that, that, that it works out there is the banks and these pension funds use hedges. They use derivatives. They, they, they create these instruments to provide a hedge against this type of volatility. But in order to get that hedge, they are required to put up collateral. And 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 so look at it as you know, will you insure my deposit? And will you insure my fund? What will that cost me? And, and, and you know, the, the, the group comes back to me and says, it's going to cost you $10, Gerardo. That's the collateral. And I say, okay, well, I have $15. Here's $10. This guarantees that I don't implode and blow up. And they go, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll cover any and all losses. Well, as risk heightens and bond prices continue to run away from them, the bank then comes to me and says, we need another $10 for collateral because the risk that we assessed a month ago is twice what it was a month ago. So we need twice the collateral. Now, if I'm Gerardo and I had another $5 to give you, but I don't have 10. Now I'm looking around going, I am at managing these funds. These are pension funds, folks. These aren't, you know, these aren't penny stock funds. These are pension funds. If I don't have the collateral, they can pull the plug on my hedge money goes to money heaven. And, and that's literally what happened um, this past week. And so not only did we see the Bank of England have to step in with emergency funding, but we saw the Bank of Japan say, you guys are smoking rocks if you think we're cutting rates into the, the, the slowing global economy and a global recession that's you know engineered by the same central bankers that engineered the inflation. We're not cutting rates. Matter of fact, we're going to go in the other direction, run as fast as we can. We're going to intervene and see if we can slow down the rise of this dollar because as we said last week and we've been saying for years <laughs> a dollar index at around 115 is dangerous for global economies we talked about it last week i've been talking about it since 2016. i've said since 2016 europe is toast everything always takes longer to, to, to materialize than i usually think it will but every now and then i get a couple right and, and that's one that i mean it's just the writing's on the wall and again i laugh but only because it's so tragic to keep myself from crying because real lives are, are are going to be affected um, by what's coming. And what's coming isn't pretty, folks.
1: And it's not pretty now, but it's going to get uglier. I don't have a lot to add to that, except <laughs> that the dollar is technically breaking out now. I mean, um, you know, it's breaking out north of where it was back in uh, like the early 70s, for example. And if you're a technician and you look at the chart, there's not a lot of well, there's no resistance, really, until like 120 on the DXY. And So um, where do they get the money, Gerardo, to to bail out the bond market? Where does that come from? <laughs> the money gun. Mm. They, they just print it, baby. They just print it. Have you mm.
0: seen th- there's a show I'm watching now. It's called Money Heist, right? You know, I I, I enjoy my shows, and it, it, it's a pretty neat show, and it reminds me a lot of what's going on right now. Without giving away any spoilers, if if you haven't seen the show, people, and you want to watch the show, cover your ears for about a minute. I'll try to be brief, but the basic premise is put this all-star team of thieves and robbers and they go to rob the Royal Mint of Spain. And their plan is, and it's a pretty damn elaborate plan, it's really well done, well written, Spanish show with English dub voiceovers. voice um, But anyhow, their plan is to stay there as long as possi- possible so they can run the printing machine for as long as possible. And so it's a whole... There is this whole elaborate plot of, of cat and mouse to see how long they're able to keep the authorities from barging in while they print up all this money and then and then eventually and I haven't seen the end of it yet, but eventually, you know, try to get away with it. And so that that's all the, the central banks are doing. They're just making the stuff up as we go. And look, credibility is gone. Credibility for the Bank of England after this is absolutely gone. Bank of Japan, look, they've been doing this for 30 years, stepping into their bond markets. They're they're the only bid over there, we we know that. And yes, the dollar is gonna continue to be strong, but I tell you what, if it goes above 115, 116, it's gonna get nasty real quick, so everybody else better get on the printing board, or on the printing train and get on board because it's not looking too good with the dollar where it's at right now, it's dangerous.
1: You're at 115 right now, Gerardo, and and my question was uh, a little tongue in cheek. Where do they get the money? Of course, they just they just conjure it up the same way central banks themselves themselves have been you know conjured up. Granted, that was uh, a century ago, but um, we're nearing the end of their uh, certainly credibility, like you say, but potentially you know the end of their existence, depending on on how the rest of this unfolds. It's getting um, really bearish out there. I've talked about the COVID those scenarios are starting to develop where stock markets go even lower than that as we continue for another two or three quarters of um, slow growth. And so um, a bond market expert, uh, I am not, but uh, I can see wealth evaporating across the board. You mentioned the people at the uh, bottom of the totem pole and, and how pissed off they are. You know, real wages haven't grown in over a year. You've got Protests uh, continuing across the globe, and then breaking out in, in new countries as well. I saw, you know, mass protests in Haiti starting to go out. Uh, Colombia,
0: Peru, Haiti, yeah. Iran.
1: You know, the Pope was tweeting this morning that you know Jesus is going to save the poor, but you know I'm not sure that uh, Jerome equates with with Jesus. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, this is the real world we're dealing with here, and so yeah, there, there's real pain ahead. Um, uh, you know, companies that deal with that that lower end of the spectrum are saying as much. McDonald's CEO says that uh, recession in, in twenty twenty three is you know uh, all but a sure thing. Walmart is saying that um, their consumers uh, are only buying food and, and and not buying the the discretionary things, the clothes and 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 other things. And then all the way to the top of the spectrum, you know. Um, the the Facebook robot which is named Zuckerberg you know he's lost half his wealth in the past year <laughs> ah. the Facebook robot <laughs> it's bad and so um, yeah I mean again, I feel like a broken record, but there's not a lot out there to buy. There's more downside ahead. There's more volatility ahead. There's slower growth ahead. There's sticky high inflation that, yes, may have peaked uh, this year, but uh, it's still at at 35 or 40 year highs and it's going to continue. And so, um, you know, these people that that wear the suits and, and pretend they know what they're doing, they just simply don't. And I think more and more people are realizing that.
0: These are the same people, the central bankers in different posts, but they're all mostly the same people. Mostly the ones that didn't go to the private sector to go, you know, get rich off of off, off of the you know the reach arounds that banks and uh, central bank- bankers and central bankers always participate in. But you know, these are the same people, mostly in different posts that are that are calling the shots. That that that, that are just academics that are making it all up and and engineering. It's absolute madness out there. Germany just printed its highest CPI number. Um, they have the highest inflation since World War II. They printed ten percent, and there's a lot of people that speculate that number is being underreported. The same yes, way that China sure. manipulates a lot of its numbers,
1: right? I was looking at you know you know fuel costs, which you've talked about, and you know the cost of wood pellets are up like eighty seven percent year over year in Germany. I mean, it, it's crazy. A lot of volatility out in the market. Um. We haven't even mentioned there's somebody's blowing holes in pipelines and nobody knows who it is.
0: We're going to get to that. We're definitely going to get to that um, because, uh, again, you know, last week I, I, I said DeSantis was an asshole for flying people around uh, that, that, that weren't circumventing America's legal process. They were actually trying to abide by it. I said it was an asshole thing to do and that he was an asshole and a jerk um, for flying people around and spending $12 million of taxpayer money. Uh, to do so. One, it's cruel. Two, it's inhumane. Three, it's a waste of taxpayer dollars, right? Um, Four, now that we have, you know, a, 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 a what he's calling and he's describing it as a 500-year uh, flood disaster, you know, something you don't see for 500 years in Florida. Um, look, it was just 12 million bucks for that little political theater that he did, but I'm sure they could use it, right? In fairness, because like with Mr. Abbott, who I, I I dislike on several issues, but also does a lot of good things here for the state of Texas. Same with DeSantis. Yeah, I don't know the guy personally, um, but when it comes to this hurricane, he did a pretty damn good job communicating to his uh, his base, and and that means everybody in Florida, not just Republicans. You know, he did a pretty good job getting out there and highlighting the risk. I, I saw clear clear guidance on you know, when you can evacuate, when you can no longer evacuate, you have to hunker down, how much time people had, the order of things. So again, I, I think he's a competent leader. I disagree on a lot of policy stuff, but for the couple of you that wrote in <laughs> saying that you thought that it was a liberal, li- I think somebody said uh, they didn't like the liberal propaganda. You probably haven't been listening for too long no, no, because no. I, I don't like either party. And and, and, and I, can, I can compliment a politician from both sides and I can disparage Uh, politicians and ideas from both sides, depending on the idea, depending on the day, depending on the action, right? It ebbs and it flows. I don't know any of these people. I think they're all in it for themselves. I don't think they're all in it for us. And uh, frankly, I think both parties need to be restructured from the bottom up. Um, I, I lean more libertarian than anything. So- don't be such delicate flowers out there, people. It's just mostly people you don't know out there that are making decisions that affect your life. But, you know, kudos to Governor DeSantis on this front and and, and all the best energy and vibes to everybody in Florida. Um, because the early footage that I've seen, we're recording this on Thursday, the 29th of September, looks absolutely horrific for, you know, Fort Myers and, and some of the other surrounding areas. I, I, I saw President Biden, who sees dead people now, um, I saw President Biden, Biden saying that the early uh, projections for casualties was not good. And so just, you know, just tough, just tough. And, and if we're going to continue with criticism of both parties, that, let, let me continue with my rant briefly, Nick. Um, can we, and I say this almost every week here, but can we not politicize every damn thing? Can, 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 everything doesn't have to be political, folks. This storm... Um, You had a tweet that I thought was great, uh, mentioning that hurricanes are not a new phenomenon, right? (laughs) They didn't just start this, this decade or in the 2000s or in the 1900s. We've been doing this for quite a long time, this whole Mother Nature thing, everybody. Everything doesn't have to be a see I told you so moment. Some things are just messed up. Some things are just horrible natural disasters. I'm not saying climate change isn't real. I'm not saying you know, that, that, that people on both sides aren't to blame for delaying common sense solutions to making the planet a safer place on all fronts, right? Economically, um, as it relates to nature, as it relates to our infrastructure. But can we at least figure out what, you know, how we're gonna help the people of Florida as a country before we start finger pointing and turning everything, everything into a political agenda?
1: well i'm sure they'll get written some checks like uh it happens from congress from time to time uh where does that money come from again well either from the taxpayer the money gun, from the money <laughs> gun uh, which is going to go her, uh, and yeah not a lot to add to that um obviously a sad situation and, and you know. It, it's like the the the, com, the comedian skit, you know. But, but maybe when he talks about the the kids who are allergic to peanuts, and he says, "But maybe if your kids allergic to peanuts, you know, um, they should be taken out of the gene pool." It's like, well, maybe I think that was, was Ricky Gervais,
0: right? It's no, either no, 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 him no, Bill Burr. Neither
1: Bill Neither. It was the the red haired guy. That's how much I know about pop culture. Louis CK. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All anyway, right. Anyway, I've talked about this in the podcast. Before. Yeah. Yeah. He, he takes it all the way to slavery and he says, you know, anyway, but he says, but maybe uh, all the great feats in humankind were a product of slavery, you know, the great pyramids, like this and that, you know, maybe if you live in a Gulf state, you should expect a hurricane from time to time is, um, you know, one thing I would have to add to the discussion, but back to the politics. Um, Somebody was asking on uh, that call-in session that I had earlier this week, you know, uh, about, you know, how do you see the midterm, Uh, elections impacting the markets. And I had to say, you know, I don't really pay too close of attention to that. Um, You know, I see the ads out there with, you know, Republicans talking about how a Democrat majority and a Democratic president has led to inflation and and spending and and this and that. And I continue to point back to the, the previous president who wanted his name on the checks. Like that guy wanted his name on the checks that got sent out. And so when you talk about... Where the money comes from and what causes inflation, you know, both administrations run up the deficit, right? Or both parties run up the deficit. Um, you know, the past whatever four presidents. Look at a twenty-year chart. Yeah. To look at a twenty-two-year chart. Uh, to say that you know, you know a Republican majority is going to slow the spending is is a non sequitur, man. It doesn't compute. Um, sorry, I think there's an alarm, but you know, I look at individual topics and and and. I'll give it to both sides. You know, I look at the the cannabis sector, for example, which is now at all time lows, like Canopy Growth is liquidating or divesting its uh, uh, retail operations, its cannabis retail operations in Canada. That was, you know, once the biggest, largest, most dominant cannabis company in the world. And uh, you've got a president who was at least on the, the campaign trail talking favorably about, you know, cannabis, and you've got uh, uh, a Senate majority leader in Chuck Schumer who has said for years on end that he was going to legalize it and done absolutely nothing to make that uh, a reality. So I look at individual issues and, and, and how they're impacted by legislation, like, um, we've talked a lot about the Inflation Reduction Act and the incentives it gives to electric vehicles <laughs> and, and nuclear. That name, I'm sorry. Like that. Yeah. I know. And that stuff, that <laughs> stuff matters. But to say like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, you know, Republicans are going to take back the House and that's going to turn the market around. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs>
0: it's, it's,
1: that's just not how it works.
0: So much to say. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this bill that the Democrats have been working on for months right this is this is this is where we're at with this stuff man the Democrats have been working for months wild insider trading by the way right um, to make it harder this is what they're saying for members of Congress to use information they receive on the job for their own financial gain right so they've been working for months. They released the Combating Financial Conflicts of Interest in Government Act. (laughs) Let me read that to you again, because it's funny to me, just like the Inflation Reduction Act, where they're printing money out of nowhere, putting it into the system and telling you it's going to reduce inflation. This is called the Combating Financial Conflicts of Interest in Government Act. And it will prohibit, if it passes, Congress members, their spouses, and their dependent children from trading stocks. That, would, that ban would also apply to the federal judiciary and high-ranking members of the executive branch as well as Congress. Now, that seems all good and dandy and fair and like a common sense thing to do, right? So I would applaud them if, if, if if that's actually all there was to this bill. I kind of like to read some of these things sometimes and get past the bullet points and just kind of dig to see if there's a loophole or two. So I'm digging around a little bit on the internet with the Google, right, on the tubes. And what I find out is that there's also language in there that says that they can only, the the, the only way that they'll be able to divest their stock holdings. Um, well, no, they would either be required to divest their stock holdings or, or they could put, they could put them in a qualified blind trust and get, guess who gets to define the definition of blind trust? Congress. Right. Except they won't have to define it. Anything can be a blind trust. I could set up another account somewhere and say, that is my blind trust. There will be no legal standard, the way that I understand it. I'm not an expert on this, but this is what it reads like to me. There will be no legal standard um, to define what a blind trust is. And if if, if one emerges, it'll be them (laughs) setting what a blind trust means. And so again, Neither side really cares about y'all, folks. And this is why people are checked out. This is why people are checking out of the system. This is why it's laughable to me when you all write in and say, oh, well, you know, there goes Gerardo with his liberal bias, or oh, there goes Gerardo with, you know, his 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 Republican bias. I believe you, me folks. I have zero interest in being a supporter of either one of these parties. I there's individual people with individual ideas that I support on both sides of it, but the system is rigged, and then and, and, you know it's rigged for the rich. And then, yes, Nick and I are lucky enough to be well off to where you know, fortunately or unfortunately, they do a lot of our bidding, whether or not we like them or not. But it's definitely not the way the system is supposed to be. And, um, yeah, don't get your feelings hurt over uh, politicians that don't care about you people.
1: Well, you wonder why I'm so apolitical and agnostic and, and pessimistic, right? I knew exactly where you were going with that because you know i read it too of course they wrote themselves in a a loophole what do you think they're going (laughs) to give up that gravy train uh you know those congress people they go in there with uh uh whatever five figure salaries and and they come out of there millionaires you know they're not gonna they're not gonna end that gravy train unless you um well, term limits is, is always my answer, right? You shouldn't be able to stay in there and just get rich on the gravy train for, for years on end. Go in there and do your little thing for a couple of terms and get the fuck out of there. Um, and I'm not sure if it was Steady Hoyer who wrote the bill or not, but you know he was one of the um, key people. He's from Maryland, and he's been in you know Congress forever, and he was one of the people saying that he wasn't sure if he was going to lend support to the bill, right? So. Um yeah, jaded with the system, got to get these people out of there. And uh, of course, Nancy and, and Paul aren't going to uh, go quietly into that good night.
0: Here, and then this will be the last other than my Joe Biden uh, take here in a second in my Kamala take, but um, here's the state of the people that are running for Congress right now. Not all of them, but some of them. Herschel Walker is running oh for for a position <laughs> in the great state of Georgia, right? He, he, he said this week that trans kids might not get into heaven because Jesus wouldn't recognize them. <laughs> it's too much, Jesus is too the same as before. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, man. I'm not getting upset. I'll call these people assholes. Hey, <laughs> and if y'all do, it's not meant to offend you. So it just, I'll leave that there. Let, let's go back to Joe and Kamala. Kamala's hyping up our great alliance, our very special alliance with North Korea. I don't know if you saw that footage. Wow. And Joe Biden, oh, she she got up there for 30 seconds and gave a speech and said that, you know, she, that, that we have this very special relationship and strong alliance with the People's Republic of North Korea. And then, then this was followed by Joe Biden, you know. Um calling out for a representative that died back in August, a- a- asking if she was there. and you know, I I, I, I I don't mean to make fun of age or you know the 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 lessening of, of cognitive ability, but back to our system. It just speaks to the fact that we need new blood, we need new ideas, we need term limits in this country. We need to redefine how we do politics so that somebody, that is a good leader like Governor DeSantis can focus on good ideas for the people of Florida as opposed to doing political theater stunts that cost those same people resources. That's it. That's it.
1: Oh, Joe, I saw him asking for the dead lady. I mean, come on. (laughs) And, you know, uh, I mentioned last week that he was on 60 Minutes. I I happened to watch a couple more (laughs) clips from that. And Scott Pelley is asking him about inflation. Um, He's talking about, Um, Joe says, um, you know, it went down and Scott Pelley is like, man, are you serious? Like it went down from like 6.4 to 6.3 or whatever the number was. It's like, you're telling me like, that's like inflation's going down. It's still at 40 year highs. And he's like, yeah, but it's flat. It's been flat. (laughs) And it's like, man, you just got your talking points and you don't give a shit.
0: (laughs) Let's go back to gold. Uh, We talk about the dollar surging. We thought this time last week, Nick, I think I definitely thought there was a real chance that gold could touch the 1500 handle, right? 1580, 1590, at least intraday. I didn't think it would close there, but it's put in a good week in light of some pretty good dollar strength. I think it has to close month end above that 1674 support that we talked about, 1680 maybe last week. We have a day to do it. Um everybody will see this and read this by the time we find out if it does indeed make it across the finish line. What do you think happens?
1: Yeah, um, it's really tough. You got one day left in the in the quarter. My line is at is at sixteen eighty-four here. I'm looking at and um you had a nice bounce down from from sixteen fourteen, I guess it was. Um bounced up to the level that you said now up above sixteen sixty. Um Gosh, I think I'll take a step away and say this minutia um, might not be the best focus to have. I think that mm. te- technically, you you could probably technically you could see sixteen hundred or, or, or fifteen hundred handle. Still, I think just looking at the chart and knowing that we're at the end of the month, um, on the whole, I think gold is um, still a relative hedge. Has um, continued to not go down as much as many other asset classes. You've got an S and P now that's down, you know. $1 in $4 have disappeared basically from, yep. from from people's retirement accounts, down 24 and some change percent for the year. Uh, meanwhile, you've got gold that, let me click the button so i give you an accurate number, is down you know uh, about 8% for the year, 8.5%, something like that. And so um, I think even if it pulls back to 1500 which is still a possibility that gold is still in a, um, what do they call it? A, a secular, secular bull market. market. Right. And so... Um, that's sort of my take. I haven't been been selling gold. I bought a bit more, probably a bit too early when it when it first broke down uh, towards that sixteen eighty four level. I thought it was going to bounce off that, and, and it's come down a little bit more. Um, these are the times when I start pulling up the coins, though, not just yeah. the GRD. I start looking at like the Saint Dawns and the and the Indian mm-hmm. heads and, and stuff like that. I mean, gold's the cheapest it's been in, in two years, and so if you have an inkling for that sort of physical side of things, now might not be a, a bad time to look at that, but um, and if yeah. you're looking for a reputable person, you know, the
0: best in the business, anybody out there, reach out and we'll happily connect you with the gentleman. He'll help you from putting a ten dollar collection to a billion dollar collection, whatever you need.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Van Simmons, obviously, um, at David Hall Rare Coins. And so um, you see his, his little banner on Resource Stock Digest and uh, you can certainly hit him up. But I'm still holding my, 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 my paper gold. Um, and really parsing through my individual gold holdings. I mean, mm. the equities are getting battered around, so uh, taking small losses where I can on on just some side bets that I had made, and 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 holding that cash to um, deploy when necessary. And I'll stop rambling because uh, hopefully I gave you a decent answer there.
0: No, great answer there. We talked dollar, we talked gold. Um, we talked the bond market overall indices you you were pretty clear there's definitely room more room uh, to the downside oil you've been spot on the past two years calling early early the oil price surge and then you were spot on saying it's a bit overbought it's going to pull back given everything going on in the world right now and where it looks like it's headed right we talked about um, Russia and Nord Stream and the pipeline, and the fact that somebody sabotaged it—it it, it didn't happen on its own. I don't know who, but somebody clearly, clearly, um, has an interest in and in, in, in making sure that that scenario, um, continues to be volatile. Um, where do you where 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 do you think oil goes from here? And and then forget short term, right? Because I. I, I Timelines are the enemy of anyone that's looking to make profits from a resource trade, whether that's in something very liquid or something that's not very liquid, that's very speculative. Um, Time is your friend. If you're a half decent stock picker in this game, if you're trying to come in and get cute for a week or a month or play options and, you know, do naked options on margin, you're setting yourself up for some heartbreak and some financial ache. But in, in the mid to long term here in the next 12 to 24 months, where do you see the price of oil
1: headed? I, I think consolidating between 60 and $80 a barrel um, and, and you can do the fancy stuff, but you just got to be glued to your screen, which some people don't find fun and some people don't do well, you know, they'll put on a short and, and walk away and in this sort of market. I mean, you almost got to be watching it um, definitely day to day, if not uh, intraday. Um, and so that's what I was saying earlier this week on that call in as well. You know, it, it, I don't recommend, Shorts or puts in that letter simply because they're not appropriate for many people, and um, you know people get whipsawed and out of position, and then and then blame you. So um, <laughs> the answer to your, the answer is, for me is consolidating between sixty and eighty dollars a barrel. You know there was someone that was asking, um, you know, what do you think this hurricane is going to do to the price of oil? And 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 again, that's sort of. Um, not the right way to be thinking about this right like the the factors that are in play now as far as slowing economic growth etc are are larger than, than a hurricane that you know makes landfall for 24 or 36 hours and and then is gone and and you've seen that you know there was no spike in oil on the on the on the hurricane I mean in fact in the past five days you know um, you know oil's been glued to, to 80 82 bucks or whatever so yep. Um, And and there's bigger things than the hurricane uh, going on that would typically have a, um, you know, more material upside impact on oil and gold for that matter as well. I mean, think about, you know, the unrest in in Iran, the um, ongoing invasion of Ukraine by uh, Russia. You had a, a, a major gas pipeline blown up this week, which I know you still want to talk about, did those things would normally be larger catalysts? You know, geopolitical turmoil instability was typically bullish for gold and oil prices. And, and you're not seeing that now. And that's because you're in a um, economic contraction. I mean, the cycle is is cycling and um, hurricanes don't change the economic cycle. It's just uh, what it is. And So um, would I be short oil? I'm not necessarily sure. I think there's um, maybe not in the producers right now, but you know in, in some of the MLPs that are a little bit more uh, not affected by the price and in fact, I' recommended one in foundational profits a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's an okay place to be because, um, you know, those those midstream companies are still making their profits at, at eighty dollars a barrel, but you're not going back to a hundred or a hundred and twenty like we saw in March. I mean, you've got a couple of quarters of, of economic contraction at zero or some one percent US GDP. So um the demand just isn't there.
0: Well said. Well said. I think uh again you've been spot on. Oil is, is, is one of the commodities where I don't I don't feel, you know, knowledgeable enough to give advice on. So um, the few times I've speculated in oil stocks, it hasn't worked out for me, so I leave those alone. I certainly don't give anybody advice on oil stocks. And no, 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 that was well said. I do want to talk about Nord Stream. You know, there is this uh, video floating around um, of Joe Biden back in February, I think, of this year, where a reporter is asking um, Joe Biden uh, what will happen if 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 Russia invades, and and you know he said, well, there will no longer be a Nord Stream we will bring an end to it. And then the reporter's like, well, how are you going to do that? He said, trust me, we'll do it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, then the pipelines blow up and there's drones flying around. Again, I'm no international geopolitical expert, but I also don't believe in coincidences. And um, this isn't that big of a coincidence if you ask me. There's a, a video circulating now um, of President Vladimir Putin, um, Saying that you know if, if if Russia is not recognized and if there's any any moves on any of its territories that they will use any and all weapon systems available to them, he's clearly clearly referencing you know nuclear and 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 you know dirty bombs, right? Um, and, and he said this is not a bluff, and um, there are a lot of people that you know you can kind of tell when they're bluffing a is of one whose bluff i would call um consequences on all sides um they're, they're 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 now you know edward snowden is a russian citizen now we mentioned that last week you mentioned and wondered out loud if he was gonna have to now enlist and go fight um you know against the ukraine there's dissent within russia uh with there's you know a lot a lot of footage circulating with uh soldiers that are fleeing and and, and young men and, and that are fleeing they don't want to fight this war they they see it as 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 senseless um it's just crazy times out there Nick I mean everywhere I look right from Florida to Russia to to, to, to Mexico the nine point something earthquake or seven point five earthquake in Mexico a couple of weeks ago barely made the headlines because everything's so crazy right now. Um any thoughts on this pipeline? Any thoughts on uh Russia and the Ukraine and then I, I just look. We're sending another twelve billion again. Money gun, money gun, money gun. Right? We're sending another twelve billion to the Ukraine. This is not ending anytime soon. Anybody that thought this was a one month or two month event, <laughs> wrong, wrong. This is going to go on for years. I think.
1: Um,
0: I don't know. Yeah, but I
1: think I'm, it looks that way. I'm not an international, uh, you know, geopolitical expert either. Um, we mentioned the potential for nuclear. Uh, Bombs on this podcast a couple of weeks ago when it yep. appeared that you know <clears throat> Russia was retreating, and um, Vladimir was backed into a corner. I'm not sure who blew up this pipeline. I've read I saw the the clip that you referenced. I've read some things about you know some Balkan states that might have an interest in 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 uh, damaging it or, or bombing it or whatever. I don't think it was Russia. They had already shut it down. I mean, they don't have an interest in um, you know, blowing yeah. up the Nord Stream pipelines. And so I'm not sure um, who it is. You mentioned the 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 money gun. It's, it's interesting. And I'm just going to go on a tangent because I'm going to talk about this homeless camp here in Spokane for a second, <laughs> that there's, you know, there's money to send countless and endless billions to, to all these places. And, um, you know, here in the States, I, I drive to work every day and I see more and more people camping underneath the awnings of uh, buildings. I've, I've mentioned before this homeless camp, we've got in Spokane, it's called camp hope, a bit of an ironic name there. Um, and there's (laughs) 700, there's 700 and some people in it. And it's, it's been there now for uh, going on a year formed last December, 2021. Um, and now you've got the, the politicians and the state agencies, um, just battling each other. They're writing letters back and forth. So, um, uh, it's on Department of Tran- State Department of Transportation property, and so the mayor, the Spokane mayor, wrote a letter uh, a letter to the DOT and the State Patrol and like the uh, Housing Coalition or the Department of Housing, Washington State. I'm talking about the other day, saying um, we're going you know, basically we're gonna sue you because you haven't removed this um, encampment on your property. And they wrote a letter back saying, "Good fucking luck." <laughs> <laughs> They said. they said, it's in your city, you have to done anything <laughs> to, to prevent it, and, and, and good luck suing us because, you know, the, the state judges aren't going to allow that to happen. And then, um, oh, and also, we've already given you $25 million to, to deal with this, so quit your whining and, and do something about it. And um, with that money, the, the city, Spokane City, I know I'm on a tangent, sorry, has bought a a hotel and opened up another shelter because there was this court ruling that says um, you can't make people not camp if there's not enough shelter beds for them to go to. So there was a court ruling that said that. And so they've been um, hesitant about clearing the streets. And there's encampments. There's the big one, obviously, 700. But, you know, we have a railroad that runs through downtown. And and underneath all the aqueducts, I mean, there's homeless underneath all of them, like dozens. Um, And so they've been... Um, hesitant to clear those because of that previous court ruling. So they did open up one new shelter and they used some of that money to buy an old Holiday Inn that wasn't in business anymore. And they want to convert it. But you know what happens? The people who live near the Holiday Inn. Not have, in my backyard. Fuck yeah. So they've hired a lawyer. They're suing. And obviously it's delayed while the, the court is ongoing. Um, and so they can't get this shelter up and running. Meanwhile, the sheriff whose name is um, Sheriff Ozzie. He's he's sort of like Joe Arpaio. I mean, he's like that kind of guy, right? Um, Sheriffs across the country are sort of like that. But anyway, so now this guy writes a letter and says, I'm going to clear the camp. If nobody does anything by the second week of October, I'm going to go clear the camp. Um, and the state agency writes a letter back to him says the fuck you are (laughs) good luck doing that so the state is now working with this local charity to build a fence around the camp and they're gonna have (laughs) They're going to have a curfew. If you're not in the camp by 8 p.m., they're going to like lock the camp the the fence doors, and you're not going to be allowed in. And so, all this to say, there's still going to be a homeless encampment with 700 million people, despite there being 25 million dollars uh, in money to deal with it. And so, and a wall. Uh, I don't know what that means for the Nord Stream pipeline or Russia and Ukraine, but it seems like there's a ton of money to do all this stuff, and yet it's a lack of um, will, or it comes back down to, to politics. And he said, he said, she said, they said, we want type thing. And so, um, not that I have any good answers, which is why I don't fucking run for mayor or public office. But um, anyway, I think everyone needs to start doing a better job because. <clears throat> I can sense it. I don't, I don't know how it is in Austin. Maybe um, it's a bit insulated. But uh, we talked about the people at the low end of the totem pole, and, and I mentioned the Pope tweet, tweeting about Jesus helping them. Like, um, call me a pessimist and, 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 and an agnostic, but you know, I don't see Jesus coming to clear Camp Hope.
0: Because 2022 is 2022. I have a positive story, but it has like. Um, it's tragic at the same time, but tragic, not in a deadly way, just in a, you dropped $3 million, dude. So Aaron Judge, for those that are not familiar, oh, okay. is a phenomenal baseball player, right? Phenomenal baseball player. Um, just tied the American League home run record uh, with Roger Maris, And so, you know, there's a few games left. Everybody's rooting for him to break that record. But at the very least, he tied it yesterday. He hits a home run. He hits it right at this gentleman who's got a glove. Gentleman by the name of Frankie Lasagna. I can't make this up. This is 2022. Not forgetting Frankie Lasagna's name probably ever in my life, (laughs) Frank. He hits it at Frankie Lasagna. Frankie Lasagna reaches out with his glove and misses the damn ball. And anybody that knows anything about baseball memorabilia um, knows that that ball would surely surely fetch millions of dollars at an auction house um, and the look on this gentleman's face again this is the part that wasn't tragic in a like a deadly sense thankfully but can you imagine being his girlfriend or his boyfriend you know whatever whatever his sexual preference is can you imagine being his partner and you're you know relatively young and you just dropped 3 million dollars, dude. Like what? <laughs> so sad, but congrats to Aaron Judge, and that is 2022 in a nutshell for you folks.
1: Come on, Frankie Design, you get it together, man.
0: Come on, dude. We have October, we have November, we have December. Um a lot of stuff historically breaks in October in the markets. And so, okay. I don't know what we'll be doing this time next week, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, Anything you're watching for in the markets this week,
1: particularly Nick? No, I think we've sort of covered it pretty well. You know, I'm up to half cash on, on the safe side of things um, and watching the world burn, frankly, frankly, lasagna. Um, <laughs> Frankie, or oh Frankie. You know, um, it's uh, going to get worse. Uh, you're going to head into 2023 in a recession. You are going to see some one percent growth for Q3. Um, we've had a couple of warnings out. Maybe that's uh, the answer. Is the you know we're heading into Q3 earnings. We've seen some pre-announcements. You saw um, FedEx, which is a bellwether for the economy, say it ain't good out there. We we're seeing a low volume of shipments, and uh, that stock ate shit in the worst it's ever eaten shit in a single day. It's a technical
0: um, term for those of you out there. <laughs>
1: yeah, down the most it was ever down in a single day, and then. Everyone else is starting to, to to walk out these warnings, right? I mentioned Walmart and McDonald's already. Ford said their profit was going to be half, half what the street consensus was and their, and their costs were up by a uh, billion dollars. Apple said uh, this week that they're going to halt production on a planned increase of uh, iPhone 14 uh, production because the demand simply didn't materialize when they yep. viewed the phone. Um, look, it's not good out there. And... Um, it gets a bit in the weeds, but you know, earnings growth is still technically positive, right? It's, uh, but it's the lowest it's been in, in two years, but you haven't even gotten into like negative earnings growth yet. Mm. Right. Like it's still some things that need to, to unwind. And if you look at it from a, from a valuation perspective, you know, you're still historically above average on like the, the PE ratio for the S and P, for example. So, um, good luck to these bottom callers, just like, uh, they got it wrong in June, you know, um, it's, you're not bottoming yet. Like bottoming is a process and that chart is still down and to the right. It's not like plotting along bottom. It's not like searching for consolidation or, uh, uh troughing. It's like still going down and, and, and that's going to be the direction I think for a couple of quarters to come.
0: A couple of quarters is six months folks. So there's your, um, you know, let's see you in March, <laughs> a crystal ball prediction. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, um, now I'm going to waste some, some copy things. But I've been talking to this copywriter about a fear package, and um, he's talking about calling it the the last Christmas in America. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty pessimistic shit, man.
0: I'm not buying the last Christmas in America, Nick. You're not making me pay for that, by the way. <laughs> Uh, well, opportunities. Well, the, end, the End of
1: America was one of the best <laughs> promos the, the industry has ever seen.
0: I didn't buy that one either. And those are different times. Those are different <laughs> times. But yeah, uh, I'll give everybody my quick two cents. Opportunities in the market. Patriot Battery Metals has been silent for the past week and a half while it closes its $20 million financing, which was fully spoken for right off the bat, which was done at 109% premium. I suspect that closes right around the 6th, 7th, or 8th. I can't see it lasting past next week. And I know that the company has publicly stated that they they asked the assay company to just stack up the assays. They didn't want to see them because they wanted to make sure there were no material conflicts of interest with the financing. So look, I say all that to say that we've gone sideways despite the fact that it's been a down market almost everywhere else. There's a reason why Patriots held in the pocket very very well technically. Uh, people know those results are coming and I suspect there's going to be more blockbuster numbers and discoveries from those assays. There's also the ASX listing which you know has taken a lot longer than anybody would have liked, but I think you know they're they're close to the finish line there. That's going to bring in a whole new market of very hungry Australian capitalists that want to make money. Um, so I think between now and year end, it's going to be fun, fun, fun on the Patriot side of things. And then look, Nevada Sunrise Gold has also been delayed. Nevada Sunrise Metals, it just changed its name. They finally did that for us. Um, it's it, they've also been delayed with getting the rig to the property. My understanding is that they've secured a rig and that we should see drilling within the next seven to ten days. Um, I think there's a heck of an opportunity there, folks. This is a a, a, a discovery that is going to do kilometer long step outs. And um, look, lithium is hot, uh, despite what Goldman keeps telling you or told you once and then never brought it up again. Um, It hits new highs every single month. There's a reason for that. That's a very, very sustainable trend that you can get behind. So those are my two largest personal holdings. They continue to be. I'm also bullish on Uranium. That's what i'm watching here the next week or so
1: i would have mentioned uranium as well i know we're getting long in the tooth but um germany capitulated again after yep. saying they, they were going to keep them running no we're not going to keep them running oh yeah we are going yeah, yeah. to keep them running have to keep them running yeah um and uranium continues to hold up well both uh, yep. the spot price of u308 and Um, The equities in general, there's a a couple of now they bottomed in in sort of the June time frame would would have been the real time to buy them. But there's a couple of quality names that have diverged um, from the rest of the the sector that are that are worth a look. And I was writing about that um, this week as well. So, yeah, I would have called out uranium as well. Good job. I
0: like it. That's all we got for this week, everyone. Be safe, be nice, disagree civilly, it's okay. Politicians don't care about you. I don't care what you believe in. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. Thanks for listening in and watching our therapy session we call Bizarro World. This was number 188. Nick, send us off. I say see ya.
1: Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.